It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear our show online at 1400ESPN.net and podcast at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, on this Monday, December 13th, 2021. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. Mother Nature had other ideas. Last week, we didn't have a show, so great to be back. And we'll be joined on the game tonight around 6.15 by the commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, Chris Dunbar. 6.30, we'll be joined by co-host David McKeg Jr. from the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario. 6.45, Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, also co-host of this show, will join us. And then Butch will stick around for the second hour, the roundtable portion of tonight's extravaganza. Let's start with boys and girls high school basketball across the Eastern Upper Peninsula over this past week. We'll start with girls basketball last Monday, just one game on the schedule, Newberry at Manistique. That one was postponed due to the winter weather conditions. On Tuesday, Suhai traveled to Marquette and knocked off the Redettes by the score of 48-42. to Claire Erickson had 12 points in that one, along with 10 rebounds and 5 block shots, while Mackenzie Bell added 11 points and 7 steals for the Blue Devils, who improved to 2-0 and at that point. St. Ignace, they also improved to 2-0 this past Tuesday night as they defeated Boyne City by the score of 53-19. And Ingadine on a Tuesday in girls basketball falls at home to Munising 56 to 51. Pickford girls open their season on Wednesday, knocking off East Jordan by the score of 57 to 48. Kennedy Guild had 13 points for the Panthers, while Lucy Bennon added 12. On Friday night, Upset in Rudyard as the Rudyard Bulldogs knocked off the Sioux High Blue Devil girls basketball team for the first time in a long time as the Bulldogs won by the score of 55-53, to improving to 2-0 on the season. Tristan Smith with 21 points. Brooklyn Bestman added 11 for the Bulldogs. Claire Erickson had 15 points for the Blue Devils as Rudyard. Watch out for those Bulldogs. We saw what they did last season, making it to their first-ever quarterfinal. And I expect that they will be in the mix, not just in the EUP conference, but the Straits Area Conference, and certainly knocking off Suhai on Friday. Got to put them in the mix because that was a big win for Rudyard. Other games on Friday night as Brimley took on Pickford at the Purple Palace as the Panthers improved to 2-0 as they defeated the Bays by the score of 52-33. Kennedy Guild with 23 points in that one. And Newberry on Friday, they fall to 0-3 on the season 
as they were defeated by Sheboygan by the score of 64-27. to Well, there was a winter storm over the weekend, as I'm sure all our listeners know, but that didn't stop the Sioux High girls basketball team to travel to Sheboygan to take on Muskegon-Mona Shores in a neutral site game, and it was all Muskegon-Mona Shores as they defeated the Blue Devils by the score of 62-35. to Laura Interrebner with 12 points in that one. Mackenzie Bell added 11 as the Blue Devils now 2-2 two and two on the season. Two games that were canceled on Saturday, Brimley at Superior Central and Oscoda at Cedarville Detour. Our next broadcast of girls basketball will be on Tuesday night as the Blue Devil girls will travel to Gaylord to take on the Gaylord Blue Devils. Dave Watson will have the call of that one over on 1230 WSOL, starting with the pregame show around 7 o'clock. We'll also have the EUP Game of the Week on Wednesday in girls basketball as the Pickford Panthers will take on St. Ignace. That should be a very good one. Matt Pocket will have the call of that one starting around 7 o'clock. Boys basketball opened up last week on Tuesday. Brimley knocked off Harbor Light Christian at home by the score of 81 to 55. And it was Perry LeBlanc adding 30 points for the Bays in that one as Brimley gets off to a 1 and 0 start. Other games from Tuesday, St. Ignace, they fall at Boyne City, 68-50, to and Ingenine at Newberry was postponed. On Thursday night, Brimley improves to 2-0 and in the season as they rolled over Pickford by the score of 85-50. to Jacques LeBlanc III and Grady Newland led the Bays with 23-20 and points in that one, while Zach Harrison added 19 points for the Pickford Panthers as the Panthers lose their first game and Brimley improves to 2-0. And a very good game to open up the Sioux High Blue Devil and Rudyard Bulldogs boys basketball season. It was back and forth. Sioux High took a late lead, but EJ Suggett dribbled the entire length of the court, converted a layup with 2.4 seconds left to lift the Rudyard Bulldogs to a 60-58 win over the Sioux High Blue Devils. Suggett finishes the game with 22 points, while Tate Besteman added 12 and it was Carter Oshelski and Dominic Haller scoring 13 points for the Blue Devils as the Blue Devils lose their first game. And on Friday, the Blue Devils would fall to Boyne City, a very good Boyne City team by the score of 51-38. to Carter Oshelski added nine points for the Blue Devils, while Dominic Haller had eight. Games that were scheduled on Saturday that were postponed, the Brimley at Superior Central and Lake Lelana St. Mary's at Rudyard. That game is scheduled for this Saturday. I believe that's a boys and girls varsity doubleheader at the Harris Call Gymnasium. And if you want to hear more about the world of high school basketball in the Eastern Upper Peninsula, we added a new show to the game entertainment and media platform. It is called Full Court Pressed. Yours truly, along with Matt Johnson, good friend of the show and former Pickford varsity basketball coach. We're doing that uh, every week during the season. We'll take a couple weeks off for the Christmas break, but our next edition will be this upcoming Saturday, and you can find it at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. High school hockey from this past weekend, the Sioux High Blue Devils took part in the D3 Showcase in Gaylord and had success as they knock off Big Rapids on Friday by the score of 4-1 to one, and Allen Park on Saturday by a 5-2 to two count. The Blue Devil hockey team now 4-4-1 four, four and one on the season and they will take on Big Rapids again this week on Friday at Ferris State University for their holiday tournament. That game will be at 7 p.m. 
and they will take on either Jackson, Lumen Christie, or Freeland on Saturday. We'll talk more about the NLJHL and OHL with David McKay Jr. at the bottom of the hour. However, do want to mention that the Sioux Eagles were scheduled to take on the Sioux Thunderbirds Wednesday night at the John Rhodes Community Center. That game has been moved to Polar Stadium, so it will now be played at Polar Stadium. The Sioux Thunderbirds will be the home team, so any Eagles fans that are listening tonight that want to attend a game that have season tickets, they won't work for this one. You're going to have to buy a ticket because the Sioux Thunderbirds, who wanted to play that game at the John Rhodes Community Center due to health regulations, they have no contact policy right now for those games. So the Thunderbirds have moved that game to Polar Stadium. Again, that game Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. We'll have it right here on ESPN 1400. Yours truly along with Rob Horn with the pregame show, 645. And the Eagles will also be at home this Friday against the Sioux Thunderbirds as the home team. So season tickets will work for those games as well. They are scheduled to take on Greater Sudbury Saturday night at 7 o'clock. We'll have all those games right here on your home for the Sioux Eagles. (laughs) Home for the Sioux Eagles, rather, ESPN 1400. Sioux Indians, uh, two big wins on the road this past weekend at Fox Motors, winning on Saturday night 4-1 to and Sunday 5-2. to So the Indians now sixth place in the Maha League, but just two points out of fourth place in the nine-team league. They will finish up their 2021 calendar portion of the season this upcoming weekend at number nine-ranked Oakland Junior Grizzlies. So good luck to the Indians this weekend. Laker hockey, a very successful weekend this past weekend at home as they knocked off Northern Michigan on Friday by the score of 7-2. to Dustin Manns with a pair of goals in that one. And then the Lakers would sweep the wild Wildcats on Saturday, winning by the score of 4-1 to as Lou Badon scored a hat trick, his second hat trick of the season. So Lake State now 11-10-1, 7-6 in the CCHA. They will be off for about a month as they will return to play on Friday, January 7th and Saturday, January 8th at Bemidji State. You can hear those games over on Yes FM. And don't forget, tomorrow afternoon at noon, we'll have the Laker Hockey Show right here on ESPN 1400 with Bill Crawford and head coach Damon Witten and a cast of thousands on the Laker Hockey Show. Laker men's and women's basketball teams both on the road. The Laker men would fall to Michigan Tech on Thursday by the score of 70-64. to 64. Malik Adams, he had a, rather C.J. Robinson had a team-high 16 points in that game, and the Laker men would bounce back nicely on Saturday as they would take down at Northern Michigan in a very close game, 74-72. to 72. Malik Adams led the Lakers with 23 points in the win. So the Lakers will be traveling down to Florida. Very nice schedule put together by both the men's and women's basketball teams. The Laker men will take part in a holiday tournament in Melbourne, Florida on Sunday, December 19th and Monday, December 20th. The 19th game will be against Lynn University at 4.30 p.m. And then the Lakers will take on the tournament host, Florida Tech, on Monday at 7 p.m. Laker women's basketball, they fall to Michigan Tech on Thursday by the score of 92-51. to Madison Raymond led the Lakers with 16 points in that one. And the Laker women would fall on Saturday at Northern Michigan by a 78-50 to count. And the Laker women now 2-6 and six in a GLIAC play. 
Rather, check that one and three in GLIAC play. And they will also be in Florida on Saturday and Sunday. They will be in St. Leo, Florida. And they will take on the host St. Leo squad on a Saturday, Saturday at 2 p.m. And then they will take on Southern New Hampshire on a Sunday afternoon at 12 p.m. And Laker volleyball coach Dave Schmidland announced his resignation from the Laker volleyball team after being hired in March 2017. So the new search for the new coach will commence for Laker women's volleyball. And that's about it as far as local sports, but we have more local and regional sports to talk about coming up. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll be joined by the commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Conference, Chris Dunbar, joining us next on the game here on ESPN 1400. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern UP for over 38 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Give them a call, 906-632-1235. Or stop by and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Central Savings Bank. That's what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask what the CSB family can do for you. With conveniences like online banking, access your money when and where you want. CSB Loan Pay Express. Pay your CSB loan wherever you are. Instant issue debit cards. Stop by your local branch and get a new card without the wait. Mobile wallet. Make purchases right from your smartphone. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations today to get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 
6.15 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk Sioux Ontario sports with co-host David McCaig Jr. from the Game Sports Show in Sioux Ontario. Joining us now, a frequent guest on our show and commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference and Sioux Michigan native, Chris Dunbar. Joining us once again on the game. And Chris, we wanted to do this last week, but Mother Nature, of course, had other ideas. We appreciate you being flexible and joining us this Monday night and how are you doing on this Monday night? Very well enjoying that sunshine today it certainly is different from what we've experienced last week so uh, yeah it's, it's been gorgeous weather and uh, lots of good GLIAC contests so it's, it's been a, a good month. Yes it has and certainly all our listeners have enjoyed the sunshine over the last couple days and Chris before we get to the GLIAC I always like to ask about your family and how they're doing certainly hockey fans around here are seeing your son Jay playing for the Sioux High Blue Devils scoring a goal on Friday and uh, the Blue Devils winning both games in Gaylord your oldest son Tyler current plainly currently playing rather in the USHL for the Muskegon squad before he starts his college hockey at North Dakota how are things going for them and in general for the Dunbar family. Chris, do we still have you? It's like we might have lost Chris momentarily. You know, cell phone coverage in this area always can be a little challenging. Chris, do we got you back? Now we'll try We'll try to get Chris, uh, get her cell signal here going as we have uh, temporarily lost her. So we'll hopefully get her back on here. Uh, certainly, it's been very good for the GLIAC as far as not just the winter sports going on, but we've had some success uh, with uh, the fall sports season as the Fair State Bulldogs will be playing in the national championship in a football this upcoming weekend. And we did see Grand Valley, their women's soccer team, win a national championship. But we'll try to reestablish contact with Chris. Chris, do we got you still? All right, live radio, folks. You never know what's going to happen. We're going to take a Chris, a Chris break. I guess you could say that. We're going to take a quick break and try to reestablish contact with Chris Dunbar. Oh, we got you back, Chris. I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah. wasn't sure what happened. Sure what happened? Yeah. I just was sitting there on the line, like you said, live radio. Yep. So much for that high speed internet and uh, cell coverage that they're promising promising us. Chris, the question I asked was, uh, how how is your family doing? We talked about Ty, uh, Jay playing for the Sioux High Blue Devil hockey team. Uh, Tyler playing in Muskegon, the USHL. How are things going for them and the Dunbar family? Oh, thanks. Things are going really well. Uh, lots of hockey this winter, but it's always fun. Uh, it's nice that Tyler gets to play in the state of Michigan, so we get to see him and go visit. And uh, Jay's having a great time with Sioux High Hockey and lots of his friends on the team, and they're having a good season as well. So, yeah, yeah things are full of hockey, but the Dunbars are used to that. Absolutely. Uh, no change indeed, Chris. And uh, while we were trying to get reestablish uh, communications with you, I was talking about uh, let's get to your full-time job as commissioner of the GLIAC. And before we get to the winter sports season, and we've seen a lot of success still ongoing in the fall sports season for the conference. Uh, Grand Valley State won their women's soccer championship, their second straight uh, this past weekend. And Ferris State in football uh, will be playing in the D2 football championship this Saturday night against Valdosta State down in Texas, looking for their first ever title. And obviously, as commissioner of the league, Chris, you got to be very happy with the success of some of your fall sports programs. Yes, absolutely. It's been a really successful fall for the GLIAC. 
Um, Grand Valley also uh, won a national championship in men's cross country, and their women's team came in second. Right. Powerhouse program there. We have lots of good cross country programs in the GLIAC, but Grand Valley just, uh, we have a special rule that was put in place before I became commissioner that all conference players, you can only have so many uh, that finished that come in um, during the championship that we host because Grand Valley has so many come in before everybody else uh, that we wouldn't have any all conference from the, for the rest of the, the league. So they have just an amazing cross country and track and field program there as well. But the fall has been outstanding. We're still looking at one more big game coming up this Saturday uh, with Ferris state who has just had an unprecedented season uh, taking on Valdosta state in uh, McKinney, Texas. Yeah, that game will be on Saturday night, 9 o'clock on ESPNU, I believe, which will work nicely with my schedule because the Eagles game will be getting over around the time that starts. And Chris, you know, you look at the GLIAC's footprint in D2 Athletics, I mean, not just with the teams we mentioned, but over the past few seasons, we've seen national championships with Ashland when they were in the GLIAC, as well as Ferris State in men's basketball. And how much does that help sell your conference, uh, you know, as a major player, not just here in the Great Lakes? area but nationally in many sports i mean you can't buy better publicity publicity rather than have your teams win national championships absolutely uh we, we've talked to uh, membership is something that we're still looking at some expansion here and there and um you know one thing that we do sell is the branding that you have when you when you become a member of the GLIAC. It, it's definitely a brand that people recognize um companies want to be a part of we have outstanding championships so uh, we certainly use that as a selling point that if you want your school to be known uh, for competing in a very strong league, you can't do much better than the GLIAC in Division Two. Chris Dunbar joining us on the game, commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. And Chris, let's move on to the winter sports season as men's and women's basketball has been going on for a, a, a while. And all the games, to my knowledge, have been able to take place in the conference. You also have swimming and diving going on along with track and field. And while we're still battling this pandemic, at least it has to be a little easier this year to get the games in. You have fans in attendance and certainly some good competition, as we've already seen. Yeah, the fans in attendance have really been great. I think it's just been terrific for the student-athletes to see their friends and family cheering them on. It was a little weird. I guess that's the only word that I could think yeah. of. It's just weird being in a gym without any really uh, sounds. And you know, Although some of our institutions did try to pipe in some some crowd noises. It just wasn't the same. So we are getting back to a little bit of normalcy. We we had to reschedule a couple of fall contests, but we did make all of those up. Um, so we're keeping our fingers crossed that basketball continues to stay uh, tracking the way it has. Um, we do have some wiggle room in the schedule that you can make up a game here or there, but there's not much. So, you know, we hope every weekend, every Thursday and Saturday that these games get played and our student-athletes get the experience that they were expecting when they go to college. And Chris, as far as COVID-19, as much as we don't want to necessarily talk about it, it's still here and with new variants might be here for a while. And, and besides the optical changes that we've seen with fans in attendance, men's and women's basketball teams traveling together, what have been some other changes, if any, as far as the health and safety protocols from the GLIAC's perspective? Well, we have had a lot of uh, a, a communication uh, with our with our athletic trainers. I don't think that's something that we've done in the past as a league. Um, we do a lot of um, 
communications through athletic directors and, and administrators, but not directly with the athletic trainers on campuses. And I think that's been a really good uh, change for us. But I think those, uh, as you know, uh, personally, I think those professionals have appreciated being able to talk to their fellow colleagues and um, exchange ideas. And I think that's something that we're going to continue with. That the pandemic has brought some some opportunities to us to learn how to do things differently. And one of those is definitely more education, um, concentrating more, not just on the mental health, but the physical uh, well-being of the student athletes, and um, just making sure that everybody's in the right in the right headspace and. Um, we're taking the precautions that we need to make sure that our student athletes are taken care of on and off the field. Chris, I've seen you at some basketball games this season at Lake State, obviously a place near and dear to you, not just being from Sault Ste. Marie, but coaching them to great success in women's basketball and being former athletic director. And I know you have to be neutral in your position, but uh, you know, deep down inside, you got to still want to have a lot of success for the team. And, you know, obviously you can't say you're rooting for for them, but uh, you know, just do you do you follow a little more closely how Lake State's doing, or do you try to keep it even keel and just be a neutral commissioner? That's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tough question, but Lake State will always be near and dear to my heart, especially on the women's basketball side. Not just um, because I coached, but also because I was a student athlete there, right? And, and just know a lot of the alumni, so I think that's fair. <laughs> if I graduated from a certain place, you still can root for them a little bit, maybe. Not so much when they're playing another uh, uh, conference member, but uh, I do. I, you know, I, I certainly uh, know the coaches still, so that helps and wish them all the best and hope they have successful seasons. And they're both really good people with Brandon Lockett and Steve Hettinger. Um, of course, you want to see them be successful. So, yes, I, I, I uh, appreciate when Lake Superior State's doing well because it, it, uh, it certainly is a place that I have fond memories of and, and really appreciate what they do for not just this community, but also for our league. They're a big part of it. Chris Dunbar joining us on the game, commissioner of the GLIAC. And Chris, a couple more questions before we let you go. Uh, how much travel do you do as a commissioner? Or should I say, can you and your staff do with your obligations? And uh, who are some of the staff that help you out? I know Linda Beauvais is one, uh, certainly, that helps you out a lot and is busy all season long. Do you, do you try to get to as many uh, you know universities, colleges, and games as you can? And if so, how many do you try to get to, say, a month well the fall is when i really do a lot of traveling um i have an associate commissioner cam trudell uh, he does quite a bit of traveling as well between the two of us we try to get out quite a bit and see as many contests uh, i try to get on every almost every campus um in the in the fall and if i can't get to that campus in the fall i'll probably get to it in the spring it is great having a university right in the town that i live in so I get a chance to see all the schools um, compete at the Bud Cooper Gymnasium and then talk to those coaches. So I can kind of see the leagues through Lake State right. um, when the winter season comes around through the basketball program. Uh, but yes, in the fall, I'm pretty much somewhere every weekend uh, for a football game or, you know, I try to take in two per weekend and, and get more bangs for my buck. Uh, but I do want to meet with the president's as much as possible and just touch base with them and touch base with the athletic department and make sure the league is 
is clicking and doing what it needs to do for our membership. Chris, final question for you. You, you kind of alluded to it in an earlier answer about uh, looking at possible other schools and teams. Uh, looking at the future of the GLIAC, what are some plans or things talked about that you can share as far as maybe potential teams coming in, new sports, or just in general that are in works or something that you and the GLIAC are looking at down the road? Well, one of the things that we have uh, lost since some of the members have left, we've, we've lost some private institutions, and private institutions tend to have more sports sponsorships than state institutions, just in general. Um, so some of our sports have definitely gone down somewhat. So we want to, we're hoping that some of our members, our current members, will add some sports, and I, I, we're working with them to do some feasibility studies, and uh, we want to make sure that we can sponsor all the sports so we can be more attractive to to, um, encourage maybe some uh, institutions in our footprint that are either division two or thinking of going division two that we would make a a good fit for them so we would um, definitely like to uh, find the right fit for some other institutions just because some of those sports when Northwood uh, leaves will be at 10 uh, institutions which is still a, a very viable number um, but it does put us low in sports sponsorship in some of our um, in some of our sports. You can fill those, which we have done with affiliate members. Um, but you still would like to have, uh, especially in football, you, you want to put complete schedules together for your institution. So uh, we are looking um, at having some discussions with some institutions. Um, hopefully, in the near near future, uh, we can be able to talk more freely about that. And uh, but. At this point, I, I'm very encouraged that we will see some growth, um, but we're still working on it at this point. Chris Dunbar joining us on the game, Commissioner of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Chris, appreciate you t- taking time out and joining us on the game, and a uh, very happy holiday season to you and your family. We'll certainly certainly get you on in 2022 again to give us an update from the conference. Appreciate you joining us, and enjoy your week, and have a great holiday season. Thanks. You too. And happy holidays to your family and all your listeners. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We will talk to co-host David McKay Jr. and talk Sioux Ontario sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Coming up around 645, we'll talk Metro Detroit sports with co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. And joining us right now in his automobile as we speak, co-host of the game here on ESPN 1400 and host of the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario. You love him, you know him. You can't wait to hear from him. Ladies and gentlemen, David McKay Jr. Dave, how you doing on this? Well, much better weather day here in the Twin Zoos. Scotty, you know, I am doing great, my friend. There's nothing better than you and I and the Game Sports Show talking sports, doing what we're great at, in my opinion. I hope others as well. And as you mentioned in the automobile, I'd rather be in person, and I am in the automobile heading home from the full-time job uh, that I do here in Sioux, Ontario, but I'm doing the recording safely. I must add that I am not holding anything in my hand. It is on Bluetooth, so i got to emphasize that, but there's nothing better than being joined with you, Scotty, talking sports, my friend. How are you? 
Doing great, Dave. Unfortunately, Mother Nature wrecked havoc on the game last Monday night, so happy to be back with you. And certainly we have a lot to cover in a short period of time. So, Dave, let's start with the local hockey going on, Ontario Hockey League of the Sioux Greyhounds, just with one game this past week due to the Sudbury Wolves, and they have suspended operations for the time being. So the two games against Sudbury were canceled. The Hounds did lose in overtime on Thursday night to North Bay by the score of 5-4. to four. The Greyhound, Greyhounds will return to the ice this Thursday and Friday. They'll be at Windsor on Thursday and at Kitchener on Friday. And right now, Dave, the Hounds up 14-9-1 in the West. And the whole West Division is 500 or better. The Hounds, I think, have a three-point lead. But this really has the makings to be a great title race in the West Division. All five teams are in it. The Hounds, uh, you know, still playing good hockey, 14-9-1. and one. Your thoughts on where the Hounds stand as we're just a few days away from the Christmas break in the Ontario Hockey League? I seriously think, Scotty, that the Hounds are where they're expected to be. I honestly didn't think uh, they'd be a team that'd be undefeated to this point by any means. Uh, but they did receive, you know, some good news in terms of Ryan O'Rourke making the World Junior team. And this team is just very exciting to watch in general. And I really think that the Greyhounds put a great product on the ice this year. And obviously there's a lot of question marks around COVID-19, right? And the rising numbers here in the Sioux, if that was going to affect. And honestly, it's been pretty well managed this point by the Ontario Hockey League and the Greyhounds to this current point are in a race that's going to be tight all the way to the end as you mentioned it you took the words right from that script Scotty that it's going to be tight right down to the very end that division title is going to have teams that are going to be cramped in there from the top five even six by the time the season concludes and as we get into the postseason that's where it's going to get really interesting because usually you see things midway through a season, halfway point, three-quarter mark, teams start to separate. But in this West Division, I don't see separation occurring that much, to be honest. I feel like there might be some teams that are going to get that extra, you know, that extra oomph, that little winning streak that might put them up on a couple games on the other team, or the leader in the division might get that extra good hot streak that might let them solidify a spot at top of the division. But either way, fans are in for a treat, not only from the product on the ice that the Hounds have been performing to this uh, to this point of the season, being above expectations, in my opinion, a little bit, not severely above expectations to the Detroit Red Wings levels, no offense to Red Wing fans, but it's been a team that's been exciting to watch in this division, Scotty. I think all year you're going to see something tight. I don't know what you say, but I would love for the division to remain this tight all season because it makes for exciting hockey. And when it comes into playoff hockey, teams are going to be so close together that it's going to be harder for us as sports quote-unquote experts, I would say, to make predictions, to talk about the playoffs. Oh, It's just going to be excitement down to the very end. Yeah, I think so as well, Dave. You have five teams that are all 500 or better. And, of course, you have some moves made uh, during the season as far as getting some overages. And the Sioux Greyhounds certainly made a move this past week or so, picking up another netminder. So I think this has the makings for a very good uh, race to the finish. And, and let's hope that COVID-19 doesn't interrupt more teams. We're seeing it more and more in the match. National Hockey League, we're seeing the NBA as the Bulls and Pistons game tomorrow was canceled. So let's hope that that uh, the able to the ability to play, I should say, continues. And in the NOJHL 
Dave, uh, there are some uh, changes going on there with several teams now unable to play contact hockey. That includes the Sioux Thunderbirds, Espanola, and Sudbury. A couple games were played this weekend. The Sioux Eagles won at Elliott Lake on Friday by the score of 5-3. to three. They had their game in Blind River on Saturday canceled due to weather. And the Sioux Thunderbirds, they played their Sunday game at Elliott Lake as the Espanola Express and Sioux Thunderbirds played a league game at a neutral site. The Thunderbirds winning that game by the score of 7-2. to two. Uh, Right now, the Thunderbirds first place in the West, nine points ahead of the Sioux Eagles with five games in hand. And listeners should be aware that the Wednesday game that was scheduled at the John Rhodes Community Center between the Sioux Eagles and the Sioux Thunderbirds. That game has been moved to Polar Stadium. As a matter of fact, Bruno Braganolo, general manager and owner of the Sioux Eagles, uh, just got off the phone with me a few minutes ago before we talked, Dave, that that game is, in fact, a home game for the Sioux Thunderbirds, but it will be played at Polar Stadium on Wednesday. And Sioux Eagles fans should be aware of that. Because it's a Thunderbirds gate, Sioux Eagles tickets will not be taken for this game. The Eagles will be at home again Friday against the Thunderbirds as the home team and Saturday, hopefully against Greater Sudbury, who has had COVID concerns of their own. So certainly a wrinkle uh, in the schedule, Dave, with several NOJHL teams not being able to play contact hockey. The Sioux Thunderbirds moved that game to Polar Stadium. So, again, COVID-19 in this pandemic isn't going away, and, and we're seeing now more home games being played, ironically, in the United States. So you can't predict <laughs> what's going to happen from week to week, let alone day to day. But the good news uh, for us here at ESPN 1400, we'll have three Sioux Eagles games on the radio this week starting on Wednesday. You know what? The Eagles are used to it all season. They've had to play on the road all year. So you know what? It's they're, They are quite familiar with what the Sioux Thunderbirds have to deal with. And ultimately, the Thunderbirds uh, making this move, I'll make it clear to listeners, everyone in Sioux, Ontario is aware of how the COVID cases are in Sioux, Ontario. And it's not a secret if you're here, but for those who are outside of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, tuning into the show, we do not have a great number or rate here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario right now. Uh, we have even different restrictions than other places do in Ontario for specific things based on our local authorities, Oklahoma Public Health. So, you know, the Thunderbirds making this move does make sense. You know, the, the, a lot of things in Sault Ste. Marie, especially with the month of December, has really paused. And the movement over to the United States to play at Polar Stadium and great information, Scotty, to provide with the Eagles tickets. Those are information that is need to know. So very yeah. awesome, my friend. But it's it's uniqueness in the schedule because of COVID, right? And and the Thunderbirds are making the right decision by doing this. And a lot of fans will be like, ah, why not just have fans not show up to the game or think of different things? No, listen, it's better better to play safe rather than sorry. And, you know, maybe there are cases in Sioux, Michigan. I'm not going to speak on Sioux, Michigan. Maybe Scott can touch on that a bit more. But it's still, if that is a safer call, it's been decided by both organizations in the league. We have to trust that they have done that with accordance to Algoma Public Health or Public Health Authority guidelines. So sometimes coming from someone who is within the human resources field, sometimes you have no choice but to follow other protocols. So I would really like to bring up the fans and remain patient and supportive uh, with all the organizations as they grind this out. And trust me, it has been a grind for all the organizations playing a schedule, planning to play games, moving games, players having to adjust to different schedules, different locations, travel. It's a lot. 
So I would give kudos to Thunderbirds and Eagles for making this move. And the, and the division, I'll say, Scotty, because you touched on that. That's not a safe lead for the Thunderbirds against the Eagles. Okay, that's five games in hand, nine points. If the Eagles win all five games, the Thunderbirds don't win games. In between there, the Thunderbirds are ahead, or the Eagles are ahead of the two Thunderbirds in that matter. So I love this race between the border rivals. You know that I uh, hold a close place in my heart for both teams because I played for both. Everyone knows where my true heart lies in Blind River, of course. But, you know, for the Thunderbirds and Eagles to see the two teams battle this out and make the schedule work, it's great for fans. And you can still tune into the games. There's there's still other ways to tune in other than in person. Yes, you can. And as a matter of fact, you can find all the games of the Sioux Eagles this week right here on ESPN 1400 with yours truly and Rob Horn. We'll have Wednesday's game against the Sioux Thunderbirds pregame show 645 right here on ESPN 1400. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, uh, let's finish our segment with the Grey Cup, which was played last night. And because the Lions look like the Lions at that time, I happened to switch over a bit. I don't talk <laughs> a lot about the CFL, but hey, first back-to-back champion since 2009-2010 when Montreal won back-to-back titles. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers win the Grey Cup last night in overtime over Hamilton by the score of 33-25. to It was basically a home game for the Tiger Cats, but Winnipeg, uh, I thought, was going to win that game and certainly had a great season, and it's hard to win back-to-back championships in any league, CFL, NFL, I don't care what league you're talking about. The Blue Bombers champions again. Dave McKegg, your thoughts? It was such an exciting game, and for the game to go into overtime, that makes it even more exciting, right? Even though I still think other sports have more entertaining overtimes than football, so I'm not sure, I don't know if you agree or other sports fans will agree, but when I'm watching overtime in the National Hockey League, for instance, besides when it goes to a shootout, then I basically want to turn off the television, but when it Me comes too. to three-on-three, three, when it comes to three-on-three, three, it's so exciting, right? And I think football is still ahead of basketball in terms of overtime, to be honest, and even CFL you know, it's not as exciting as the NFL, flat out say the way it is because of the size of the league. But speaking as a Canadian here, it is football to watch in Canada. And we have passionate fan bases for the CFL, and it's still a very good league and entertaining to watch. And the Blue Bombers provided a lot of entertainment. So did the Hamilton Ticats. And to play at the Hammer, it's, it's great for the Blue Bombers to beat them at home. There's almost no better feeling. As much as you want to win at home or you want to win in front of fans that support you, to beat a team on their home field, home ice, home court, whatever way it is, there's almost no better jab feeling than what it is. There's a lot of chirping going along. There's nothing that was even more chirpy between the Hamilton Tigercats and Argonauts, though. That was even worse. But the Blue Bombers and Tigercats had a great football game right from kickoff right to the end of overtime. And I can tell you right now from uh, being in, my, as I mentioned, my HR field, my head office for my field is in Winnipeg. And I can tell you Winnipeg was extremely excited. They're a very passionate fan base for both hockey and the CFL for the Blue Bombers. And, you know, Zach Caleros, there's a little bit of Toronto ties there as well. And there's a big celebration downtown Winnipeg. And the players celebrated their back-to-back titles and fashion. And to win it in overtime brings forward that extra mm, 
feel for that championship. You've earned it. And to win 33-25 over the Blue Bo- uh, to over the Tiger Cats, did the Blue Bombers. I would fair to say that I think Hamilton went into this game a little bit uh, as favorites. I know some may disagree, but I did have Hamilton winning this game merely because of being home field and because of just having the leg up, I felt, uh, in terms of players on the offensive and defensive side of the football. Uh, but they are coming home to host uh, their championship at IG Field, and they are extremely excited to bring another championship home in the city. It's just overall excited too, Scotty. Dave, before we let you go, we got a minute or so left. What's ahead uh, this week for the Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario? You know, we always have shows. We plan to have a top shelf this week. We will have In the Pocket this week. And I must say, your show with Daniel Scarpino full-time is always great. Scotty, a little throw it I want to throw in there. That's on the website. You can check it out. Uh, we do, me and you do plan to start uh, and one as well. So within the next 10 days, there'll be a sporadic amount of uploads in there. Keep an eye on all of our uploading channels for that. As well as I announced on our In the Pocket segment that may have been missed, if anyone did not or did tune into the full show, we will be uploading our special edition upload with Theo Flurry, our first official YouTube upload for the video will be on December the 21st. We will be expanding our TGEM network platform. That will be occurring on January the 17th week. However, we will have the Game Sports Show along with some other content providers uh, to be a kind of a pre-launch, if you will, for the Gamer Team and Media Network YouTube channel platform. But we will have our next special edition upload, our first one in over a month, Scotty. So I know fans are waiting for that, and especially this one with Theo Fleury. The production work by Alex Flood is fantastic in it, and I'm excited for fans to, to I should say, as I mentioned, fans here, but I mean listeners, subscribe, uh, to tune into that upload we will have it on youtube and all of our channels so keep an eye on december 20th check that off but you said this week scotty we got n1 we got top shelf we got in the pocket there's always content to tune into and we have lots coming this week just keep an eye on where you get your podcasts looking forward to it you can find it all on the mothership the game david mckeg jr joining us on the game dave appreciate you taking time out and joining us once again we got one more show in 2021 next monday we'll talk a little more nhl and world juniors for that have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you next monday night right here for the game. Thank you, Scotty, and everyone stay safe out there, and make sure you stay with follow all the social distance practices and just help contain the spread. I would like to get back to a little bit more of normality so I can see my dear friend Scotty in person. Let's hope the new year brings us that indeed. Dave McKay Jr. joining us on the game. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll talk Detroit sports with Butch Davis, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. The game, ESPN 1400. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 649 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us now on the game and for the duration of our edition here on this Monday night. Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, also co-host of the game here on ESPN 1400. You can find Butch on Sports on his website. Just go to simplybutch2, that's T-O-O dot podomatic dot com. You can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook as well as our podcast platform, thegamesportshow.podbean.com as Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports world and the sports world 
world in general. Almost each and every week when we have a show, Butch, unfortunately, last week, the winter weather uh, knocked off our show for the night, but certainly much better weather tonight and certainly happy to have you back along. How you doing, sir? I'm doing just fine. Hopefully everyone on the UP there are doing just as well after a smorgasbord of weather cool. from uh, the lower peninsula to the upper peninsula there. It has not been a favorable moonlight Michigan there. No, it hasn't, Butch. And uh, before we get to the sports, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about just everything that's gone on in this state over the past couple weeks. We didn't have a chance to talk about it last week, but as everybody knows, uh, a week or so ago, uh, another school shooting, this one hit very close to home, uh, pretty close to your home, a little north of you in Oxford, Michigan. And Butch, you you're somebody that is in the schools every day, and and I just wanted to get your thoughts on just uh, what's going on, not just with this, but we've seen you know several uh, threats here uh, locally, and certainly in the Metro Detroit sports area. I really. Uh, I really wish parents would speak to their kids. I had a very good talk with my kids today just about everything because it's causing a lot of anxiety, not just with the pandemic and schools being closed and sickness, but now we're dealing with this. I just wanted your perspective on, you know, as someone that's in the schools, just what's been going on over the past couple of weeks. It has not been a good couple of weeks here in Michigan. Well, you know, you, you see the, uh, the warranting on people's faces, our fathers, mothers, our grandmas, aunts, uncles. Uh, in most of the communities, we drop our kids off either via the bus or we drop them off by car. And I happen to be out every day during the uh, beginning of the day where traffic comes in and you see the parents taking that extra look yeah. to make sure the kid get in school properly and whatever may be there. What, what you you can't blame or whatever it may be, you know, you cannot rush or, 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 or fabricate the issue to a point where, you know, you don't understand where what a parent is going through right now. Now, us as staff members, it's still not a perfect situation because we know, and, and, and it's, you know, I, I hate to say it, you know, we got to do a better job of parenting here, okay? We got to do some things maybe from the old school and maybe mix some from the new school in order to talk to our kids, you know. They're missing out. We can't leave social media and other forms of operations to go on without us giving the personal touch that we, most of us, has received uh, throughout our lives there. Yeah, and, and you mentioned social media, and certainly there's a lot of good to social media, but there's also a lot of bad. And with the access to social media, we're seeing, especially here locally, just a, a lot of threats from somebody at home. You didn't have that back in the day, Butch, when we were growing up, obviously, uh, showing our age. But, uh, you know, it, it comes down to just ha – and we talk about it all the time on here when it comes about sports, having a conversation, talking to each other. I think we've lost that as a society with these phones and everything else, people have their heads buried in it. We just have to do a better job of communicating and no more important people to talk about, talk with rather than your own kids. Yeah, that's true enough there. But again, you know, we're in a society right now that we're basically, uh, and I hate to say it, there's some bad media out there and that bad media has put a, a knife in how we operate, you know, 
physically, mentally, and, and otherwise there. And, you know, if you, myself personally, I'm a communications major first and foremost before I was a journalist. You, you, you look at how people operate there. It's nothing like cheek-to-cheek uh, -cheek operations. And when, when I say that, you know, talking to people in person and whatnot, it's nothing like it. And with this pandemic going on, we have missed that particular there. Now most of us are able to use Zoom and other uh, mediums to keep in touch with our loved ones and whatnot there. But again, the personal touch within the house, we have to somewhat put some things aside and deal with what's in-house first before we go out on, in the extremes of, of worrying about what other people are doing there. There, We put checks and balances on our own there. I, you see, you will probably see a lot of things uh, come to light and going down. But until that happens there, uh, Again, you know, it's a clock watch with social media and other things going on that basically us intelligent parents and guardians and whatnot can uh, kind of put a lid on it by having these conversations. Indeed. Uh, Butch, let's, uh, before we go to our top of the hour break, let's start off with the Detroit Lions. We didn't get a chance, at least on this show, to talk about them last week as they earned their first victory over the Minnesota Vikings and celebrations galore in the locker room, uh, bear hugs for the owners and such. Well, there weren't any bear hugs or kneecaps that were being bit this past Sunday as the Lions uh, lost to Denver by the score of 38 to 10 uh, falling to 111 and 1 on the season and of course uh, the Lions had about 20% of their players out butch with injuries covid-19 protocols flu i don't know what else but a lot of players out uh, outmatched on the field i would say and certainly they showed they were outmatched as Denver really uh, challenged a bit in the first half but they really had their way with the Lions yesterday well again you know 20% <laughs> of your team missing it had to be replaced. It's not a fun situation. And again, I don't mean no harm in fun and, and no fun intended. But when you party and whatnot there and the way the Lions were doing in, uh, this last past Sunday, not the Sunday before, this past Sunday, right. per se, but two weeks ago there, something's going to jump out the, out the wet wash there. And it did via the flu, uh, covert. Uh, some other things, uh, a medical situation where uh, viruses are going through. So you, you see the results of it, you know. And again, I can't spare to say we got to be safe and we, we got to be careful in what we do and how we do it there. But again, what's done is done. The Lions got their rear end kicked in by Denver on the special day that they were having because they lost one of their comrades at yeah. a very early age of 33 years old. And Demarius Thomas um, was a pretty doggone good receiver for the uh, Denver Broncos. And again, a highlight to what they were doing for many, many years. And Denver took care of business the way they should, you know, for something of that particular occasion. And the Lions just didn't show up. They we can lay any excuse you want, but you got to put 53 men on the field and and plus to uh, be competitive there. And uh, I guess the Lions did their best, but again, their best was not good enough. When I watch only you rest the ball 15 times, okay, and you're yeah. getting positive yardage through the rush. And I'm talking about the Detroit Lions, that is. 
and you don't continually pursue it versus uh, Jared Goff putting the dog dog on ball in the air over almost 42 times there, that's just not no uh, energy for winning and whatnot. That's no energy for balance. And again, I, I say it, and, and I continue to say it throughout this year, it's not the athletes that the Lions have. It's the coaching, and the coaching is very bad. I would agree, Butch, and we will continue this conversation at the top of the hour and talk more NFL and Detroit Lions. We're going to take our top of the hour break. When Butch and I come back, we will start hour two and the roundtable, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern UP for over 38 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Give them a call, 906-632-1235. Or stop by and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. (laughs) Okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Central Savings Bank. That's what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask what the CSB family can do for you. With conveniences like online banking, access your money when and where you want. CSB Loan Pay Express. Pay your CSB loan wherever you are. Instant issue debit cards. Stop by your local branch and get a new card without the wait. Mobile wallet. Make purchases right from your smartphone. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations today to get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. And welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. So, Butch, after that loss on Sunday, the Lions now won 11-1. The race to the number one pick, uh, it assumes, or we assume, is in their future. Uh, They have four games left, including this Sunday against Arizona. Good luck on that one. They also take on Atlanta and Seattle, both. Both on the road, uh, both in playoff contention and Green Bay, who will likely have something to play for in the series finale. Jacksonville and Houston, both 2-11, and will play each other this week. So 
you know, what, what's left for the Lions in these last four games? Obviously, you wouldn't assume they're going to tank these games to get the number one pick. What are you watching here over these last four games for the Lions? Obviously, things have to get a little bit better uh, on the field and certainly with the coaches. What are some of the things Butch Davis is going to be looking for in these last four weeks? Oh, the coach. And what kind of respect do they have for themselves there? Um, it's no secret. We all expect the Lions to do better than they have in the past. Now, I'm not saying that they would be in a playoff team, but to be competitive and a lot better than what they have, uh, especially the mistakes, and the mistakes have not always been revved up by the the, uh, the players, but the coaching staff, that's been re- totally ridiculous. I, I'm I'm going to see them <clears throat> throughout the year. I don't think they'll do very well. And hopefully um, Dan Campbell uh, gets together with management and the coaching staff and pick and choose who is going to go forward. They're saying that they don't have the talent. I say they do have the talent. I say the majority of the seasons are wash. It's because of the coaching staff there. They're too young, too old. And if you notice, since Dan Campbell has been calling the plays, the efficiency for the Lions, except for yesterday, went up a whole heck of a lot yep. there. So that tells me one thing and one thing only. Dan Campbell allowed his coaching staff to do the bidding, and he went along with it and bought into it for so many games, which were losing games, that that is, and did absolutely nothing until uh, pressure was uh, applied to him or his pride just got the best of him where he said, you know, I need to investigate. Well, why wasn't that not done the first of the year here, you know? And so it shows us the guys' inexperience on how to run a team. It shows us inexperience on dealing with his, his, his staff who he in, in trials and trolls in uh, getting the Lions together to put on a competitive game and, and to win those particular games. We're watching the Lions <clears throat> in certain games be very dominant in certain areas. And again, and I'm going to probably say this to the end of the year, that's, uh, the Lions can run the ball. They have a line that is very sufficient when it comes down to running the ball. And they have been very good when they're allowed to run. But <clears throat> one of the running backs they had, um, I don't know, Reynolds or whatever it may be. Reynolds, yeah. 85 yards with yeah. 11 carries. Now, you know, Ray Charles can see that there's something <laughs> wrong with a particular person when you know something is working and it's, and, and they're not trying it. And this has been all season long. The Lions has had especially good grace when it comes down to running the ball, and they don't do it on a consistent note. If you don't do certain things to establish that you're willing to go to, to go to mile to be physical, uh, to – to find out who's who and what's what, that's the only way you can do it is, is on the line. And right now the Lions is not challenging their offensive line, nor in defense when they did, when they play defense in order to make the, the situation a lot better for them there. And, and, again, we're seeing these mistakes made not by the players per se, 
but by the coaching staff, and then it endows on the players. The Lions, 1-11-1, and will be at home on Sunday taking on the Arizona Cardinals. You can hear that game on Oldies 93 starting at noon with Dan Miller and Lomas Brown. Butch, let's look around the NFL. Boy, what a wild uh, playoff picture it is. And let's look at some of the games, including last night's game, uh, Green Bay over Chicago, 45-30. to The Bears led that game at halftime, but Aaron Rodgers certainly uh, did not want Chicago beat them at his home field, uh, Green Bay over Chicago, 45 to 30, still in contention for the number one slot. Arizona, who's ahead of them, plays the Rams tonight on Monday Night Football. The Bears certainly got their offense going, Butch, but defense struggled in the second half. Yeah, the Bears look like a bum in the second half there. They didn't even show up. <clears throat> you kind of Catch yourself at the game on the take or something here. I don't yeah. know. They really, the Bears didn't show up the second half, and Green Bay just stuck it to them and, and got the job done. And for them there right now, they don't have to worry about playoffs anymore. They're, they're, they're in, okay, like Flint. So uh, that's a good thing for them. Yeah, certainly a tough start to the season, but Green Bay uh, in contention, uh, not just for the playoffs, they're in the playoffs, as Butch said, for that number one seed. Another team in contention for that number one seed, Butch, in the NFC, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It looked like uh, they uh, had the game uh, pretty well in hand in that second half. Buffalo down 17, comes back, but Tampa would knock off the Buffalo Bills 33-27 to in overtime. Uh, Buffalo now 7-6 and amongst a bunch of teams with that record in the AFC, uh, Tampa kind of just going about their business, Butch, 10-3 and three and uh, looking pretty good, although they did get a little bit of a scare late in that game. A scare? They got their rear end kicked in, okay? You know, Josh Allen, no, we don't mention him. Uh, the guy's injured. He's about <laughs> beat up like a brick here, but yeah. this guy ran 100 yards yesterday. In rushing, okay? And along with the, some other little surprises that Buffalo put on uh, – on their particular team, their foes on the second half there. They came back and came back very, very quick. When I left the game, it was 27 to 10, okay? Yeah. And for whatever reason, 21 points got, uh, got answered very, very quickly here. So <laughs> for this game to be like it is there, um, right there, it, it was an exciting game, uh, especially at, at the, the, the pass from Brady to uh, the receiver there for the closing touchdown that was that was pretty wicked. But again, uh, it, it showed that Buffalo was out of gas on that even that particular play there. So uh, yay yay for Tampa Bay, which right now again they're in the playoffs per se. There, all they got to do is do the deed and try to fight for position. Another two teams, Butch, in playoff contention. Uh, real good late game. San Francisco over Cincinnati by the score of 26-23. to 23. Uh, San Francisco, they've had a lot of injuries like they did last year. Uh, this is a team not to sleep on, in my opinion, Butch. Now at 7-6 and six in a very good NFC West and in the playoffs. Cincinnati falls to 7-6 and six and they're in contention in the wild AFC North, but uh, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from San Francisco right now. I'm like, well, I see from a whole heck of a lot of teams right now coming out the wet watch there, even down to the Atlanta Falcons there. Yeah. They're not all the, the best team in the world there, but they're, they're giving it their all there. And we talk about the AFC, okay? But the AFC don't have a definitive 
a playoff contender as of yet because they've all at least lost four games, okay? We're talking about from the top to the bottom. So uh, we cried for parity there, and we finally got it in certain games that I played around around the league there in order to give us, you know, some pretty fitting and exciting games at the end, of, and especially this year. And the kicking stinks. <laughs> it sure does. The kicking this year, I've never seen so many dinks and doings and boings and booms and out the language, uh, uh, extra points on short field goals that just go wide to the right, wide to the left, uh, hit posters and whatnot. This has been a ridiculous season for kickers. Yeah, you mentioned the AFC playoff picture before we get back to the games. Uh, New England, who didn't play this week, 9-4. and four. Currently, the one seed, Tennessee, who beat Jacksonville 20 to nothing. They are 9-4, and four, the second seed. Kansas City, who had no trouble with the Raiders. They're 9-4, and four, the third seed. Baltimore, who lost to Cleveland. They are right now the fourth seed, but they got three teams on their heels. And then you have the wild card teams right Right now, Butch, the L.A. Chargers, who uh, had no trouble with the New York Giants, they're the fifth seed. Indianapolis, who didn't play, they're the sixth seed at seven and six. Buffalo, uh, they would be the last team in the playoffs right now at seven and six. And then you look at all the teams in the hunt, Butch. Cleveland, seven and six. They beat Baltimore last or yesterday. Cincinnati, seven and six. Denver, seven and six. Pittsburgh, six, six and one. Basically, all but three teams in the AFC are in contention. And you mentioned right. they, they want parity by a good they got it, Butch. They finally got it there. And right now, if you are looking at the AFC to be basically your teams uh, to get see some excitement, that will be right now the uh, conference that I will be kind of concentrating on there. I think the NFC within a couple of weeks is going to be all but forgotten there, but the AFC is going to have a whole heck of a lot of excitement to the end of the year. Yeah, looking at the NFC playoff picture, Butch, Arizona right now, who plays the Rams tonight, certainly a big game in the NFC. Uh, they are the one seed with a 10-2 and record. Green Bay with that win over Chicago. The two seed, they're 10-3. and Tampa Bay also with a 10-3 and record. They are the three seed. Dallas, it looked like they were going to roll over Washington, but the football team gave them a battle. The Cowboys end up winning that game, leading the NFC. They are the fourth seed at 9-4. and four. The Rams, who are in action tonight, 8-4, and four, uh, the fifth seed. Then you got San Francisco, uh, the sixth seed right now with a 7-6 and six record. Washington would be in if the playoffs started today with a 6-7 and seven record. And you got a whole bunch of 6-7 and seven teams, Butch, in the NFC. Minnesota, who bounced back on Thursday night over Pittsburgh. They have a 6-7 and seven record. Philadelphia didn't play. They have a 6 and seven record Atlanta who won at Carolina they have a six and seven record and New Orleans who defeated the Jets on the road they also have a six and seven record so there's going to be quite a scramble for those final two playoff positions Butch and you may well have a a very top heavy NFC unlike the AFC where you got a lot of teams you know 13 and 4 14 and 3 you might have maybe one if not two below 500 NFC teams in the playoffs this year but no problem with the teams in the NFC or who's going to be leading the pack when it comes down to the league stand, the uh, divisional standings there. Uh, the big uh, push, again, as you mentioned, is the playoff push for the wild cards there, and that's going to be something that's, um, uh, that many of us are going to be watching. But they were going to, they'll, and again, i say in a couple of weeks, they'll be dropping like flies there, okay? So let's see what happens. The AFC, again, to me, is right now, 
is what everybody, if you want some excitement, check out those particular games. Yeah, finally on the NFL, Butch, uh, our good friend Dave Watson, a big Cleveland Browns fan, uh, very happy with the Browns victory over Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore did lose Lamar Jackson in that game. And, and trying to make sense of this AFC North right now, Butch, Baltimore's in first eight and five. You got Cleveland and Cincinnati, both with seven and six records. Pittsburgh, not out of it, six, six and one. I mean, basically any of those teams can can win that division and you might have to win the division to get into the playoffs because of all the other teams that are right there. I mean, these last four weeks in the AFC, in the North, in the West, and just in general, it's going to be wild. Yes, uh, the Ravens going cold. Uh, the Browns and Cincinnati is hot and cold. And you, the Pittsburgh there, you, you can't rule them out completely because, again, of the reputation they do have and the coaching staff that they have. If Pittsburgh do any damage, it's because the coaching staff has made some huge adjustments on how they do things. Because right now, Pittsburgh is one of the teams that don't have too many problems when it comes down to injuries, per se, there. They're getting people back. So I would watch that division very, very closely there. It's a division that I don't think I could call right now and say who's dominant right now here. Again, the Ravens looking pitiful uh, these last weeks here. And Butch, one game tonight, as I mentioned, the LA Rams will be taking on the Arizona Cardinals. And you look at what the Rams have done this season. You look at their wins. You know, not a lot of big teams that they've beaten. They beat in Chicago. They did win in Indianapolis, which is a pretty good win. They also uh, did beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was a very good win. But you know, lately you look at the uh, you know October and, and November schedule. Uh, things have not gone well for the Rams. They did beat Jacksonville last week to break a three-game losing streak. Certainly, I think a lot of uh, eyes and pressure will be on Matt Stafford tonight, taking on a really good Arizona team. This team they can run. They can pass, and they have a good defense. Uh, what are you thinking for tonight's game? Because the league has already figured out Matthew Stafford. He's a better than average quarterback, and right now Matthew Stafford's going to have to prove to the country and to himself that he can win big games right now there. He hasn't done that. The Rams could have been way out of, out of touch with everybody, along with Arizona there. Per se, it, that's my opinion. But the Rams right now, uh, lately here, has been up and down, hot and cold. Uh, and again, much it has to do with the performance of Matthew Stafford and whatnot. And he has to pick himself up in order for the team to pick himself up to, to prove maybe to the league that he is that better than average quarterback there because he's not proven that he can win those big games. He has not. Butch, we're going to take a break. When you and I come back, we're going to touch a little bit on college football as we didn't have a show last week and certainly look at the playoff matchups and some of the bowl matchups. And, and yes, there was a very big game played between Army and Navy, which I am very happy to talk about. All that coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. I got to figure out how to move the snow before it gets here. 
Wow, a lot of plows and blowers on the market. And where are they made? Okay, China, China. Wait, Brazil? What the? There's no way I'm going to throw away my money. I'm going with Boss. Boss snow plows from Gaylor Thompson are made in the UP, where winter and deep snow are just a way of life. Boss plows, made in Michigan for Michigan winters. Waiting for you at Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service. Exit 373, just off I-75, Rudyard. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Trucking Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 719 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Mason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. If you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show and all sorts of sports content, you can find it at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, let's move on to college football. There was one game played this weekend and uh, maybe the most important game played all season, certainly as somebody that was in the United States Navy. I was pleasantly surprised with Navy defeating Army by the score of 17-13. to 13. A bit of a surprise in that one, Butch, but really the result doesn't matter as much as just the game itself. I know there's some maybe college football fans that don't especially enjoy this game, but it's always one of the biggest ones to me. Did you watch it, and what did you think? The Panthers' dream, whatever it may be, I did get to see the first half of the game, a wee bit of it, and uh, the first half of it was pretty good, especially when Army just came on out there and zipped one, one past Navy there. Uh, soon I woke up from a nap here and seeing Navy uh, kicking the rats rear end Army there. And that was pretty shocking and surprising there because the Army was known to just uh, ground pound on uh, on Navy there. Their, their running game is so doggone delicious. But again, Navy found a um, a way to deal with that there, and that was a very good, per se. Butch, we are into bowl season, which will begin this Friday in the Bahamas, the Bahamas Bowl with Toledo and Middle Tennessee. We don't have enough time to go through all these bowls. So let's focus on uh, the playoff and the Big Ten Bowls and uh, five teams in Michigan, I believe, making bowls this season. Uh, Michigan makes their first ever playoff. They're the number two seed, and they will take on Georgia in one of the national semifinals in the Orange Bowl on New Year's Eve at 7.30. And they will face the winner of the other semifinal game between top-ranked Alabama and Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. That one will be on New Year's Eve at 
330. Uh, really, Butch, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, question going into the playoff selection as far as the four teams, the way everything ended up in the championship games and otherwise. Uh, were you satisfied with the four teams? Maybe not as much the rankings of the four teams, but you know we've been a big proponent of expanding the playoff. We don't have that now, so with the system we have in place, Butch, were you happy with the four teams that got in? <laughs> I was happy with one of them. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I'm looking at this particular situation there, and between Alabama and Georgia, those, you know, again, this dominance of the Southeast Conference and a lot of it's political per se. There, I don't mean any harm in 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 discrediting Georgia or Alabama, either one of the two schools. They're, they're very good schools. They're very competitive schools. I look at their schedule, and it's haunting. So they had no right to talk about Cincinnati not being competitive and all, because I've seen some of the colleges Alabama play and some of the games that Georgia play. It was a joke. Uh, you know, you get what you're getting. I think the seating was wrong. Michigan should be ranked number one in, in in justification of what they did in their particular game and in, in the championship game as well. Alabama should be maybe number two, but again, that's inevitable because again, if Michigan takes care of business with Georgia, then they'll have to deal with they'll probably deal with Alabama. Uh, although Cincinnati, again, a team that. I have uh, lobbied for and said that they do belong in the playoffs. If they take care of business, then we'll see a Middies uh, rivalry that will be second to none and very deserving, and we'll put everybody to bed on the Southeast Conference there. Butch, the potential of Michigan and Alabama meeting in the national championship makes me very giddy. As you know, I'm a big Crimson Tide fans. I have a lot of fans or friends around here that are Michigan fans. And and certainly uh, Jim Harbaugh and his club have have proven that they should be there. Uh, there was a good argument for the number one seed. But I think what I like about this Michigan team is you don't have the – uh, quote-unquote arrogance, I think, that you've seen in past Michigan teams, not just from the coaches, but even some of the players. I think this is a real good group of kids that have bought into the Harbaugh system, and Jim Harbaugh hasn't had the uh, faux pas, if you will, uh, on the mic, and certainly hasn't had it on the field. Michigan deserves to be there, and uh, you know, taking on a Georgia team that looks all of a sudden vulnerable with what Alabama did to them in the SEC championship. Uh, I go along with a little bit of it. I disagree with a lot of that here. I think Michigan this year versus years in the past, where they took the little trips to South Africa, and, uh, Indonesia, or wherever the heck they were going, Australia, <laughs> okay, uh, Egypt, I don't know. Um, that didn't happen. And you had a closer net of, uh, of kids staying together because of the COVID situation, per se. Yeah. Uh, you could not, and again, the majority of the athletes could not train on campus. So you had to get a situation where a lot of athletes would live together in certain parts of the country or maybe uh, somewhere close to Ann Arbor where they can get together and somewhat bond. I think that has been missing in the in the, in the formula of Michigan, but the big formula is is that Harbaugh got rid of a lot of assistant coaches. Yep, okay, good point. Brought in some coaches that can relate with the kids in general on 
taking the best out of the, the talent that they have and making it somewhat special. And each and every week, it wasn't just one person being dominant, okay? It was all type of players uh, putting in their stamp on why Michigan right now should be number one team in the nation and also basically a team that should be uh, very much so looked at. Again, that remains to be seen because Georgia has something to say. When, especially when they got beat by Alabama, they, they should be the number one team. So we'll we'll see how Michigan vote on that. I think their chances for beating Georgia is better than a lot of people give them at this present time. Butch, are there Big Ten teams in bowl games over the next few weeks? Michigan State, they get a New Year's Six Bowl as the 10th-ranked Spartans will take on number 12-ranked Pittsburgh in the Peach Bowl. That game will be on December 30th at 7 p.m., Minnesota, they'll face West Virginia in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Maryland against our good friend Paul Van Wagner's Virginia Tech Hokies in the Pinstripe Bowl. Purdue will face Tennessee in the Music City Bowl. Wisconsin, they will face Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Penn State against Arkansas on New Year's Day in the Outback Bowl. Iowa against Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl. And on New Year's Day, that one on New Year's Day as well, at the Rose Bowl, Ohio State facing Utah. And we mentioned three other Michigan teams, Butch, making bowls. Eastern Michigan will play on on this Saturday against Liberty in the Lending Tree Bowl. Western Michigan at Ford Field will take on Nevada on Monday, December 27th in the Quick Lane Bowl. And Central Michigan, they will take on Boise State in the Arizona Bowl. Uh, certainly five Michigan teams in bowls uh, bodes well for teams in Michigan doing pretty darn good this season. And we haven't talked about Fair State yet. Oh, we, we did earlier. There. Yes. There's something to behold there. Every major college in Michigan, uh, Division One, that is, has gotten into a bowl. That is something, something to behold. There, that again, I keep saying, and I will continue to say it. There's a lot of talent in Michigan. Ask Chip Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Ferris State will take on a Valdosta State down in Frisco, Texas on a Saturday at 9 p.m. for the Division II football championship. We talked about that earlier, Butch, with the GLIAC commissioner, uh, Chris Dunbar, and Ferris State looking for their first ever national title. Uh, certainly that's going to be one to watch on ESPNU Saturday night. Yep, uh, 9 o'clock at night there. Uh, that pans out Division II. It's Hey, that's the top. That's the top notch of, of what they play football for there. And again, uh, kudos to Division Two and Division Three for having a legitimate yes. playoff situation that uh, the top football teams can uh, uh, get together on there. Again, uh, Division One is far behind what they should be doing. Bush, before we go to our final break, let's uh, move on to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, certainly a, a tough week for the Wings last week, who saw their five-game winning streak end at home against Nashville this past Wednesday, and then the Wings went out to the central and western parts of the country and did not do well. They fall at St. Louis on Friday 7-2, to or six to two, and then Colorado 7-3. to three. Uh, The Wings still above 500, uh, one game above 500, now in fifth place in the Atlantic Division. They will host the New York Islanders Tuesday night at Little Caesars Arena. We'll have that game after the basketball game on 1230 WSOO. Tough week for the Wings, Butch. uh, Your thoughts? (laughs) No thoughts intended here. Uh, 
the wings uh, right now, they got to get their stuff together again right now here. Uh, they look pretty bad on each game that they have lost, which has been uh, the last three in that losing streak there. Uh, they just look pitiful here. Um, other teams have just dominated them, especially when it came down to uh, in the second and third period there. Uh, the Red Wings got to do a better job in defense. The defense has not shown up as it has in the past, where they're playing great hockey, blocking shots, uh, taking the body, good forechecking. That's not been going on there. And the Tyler Patuzzi situation, uh, I hate to say it, but again, that's going to either rain dividends for the Detroit Red Wings or put them in a salad crunch where they're going to have to make some type of move in order to, you know, to stabilize the team and what it should be there. Yeah, you mentioned Tyler Bertuzzi missing the last five games due to COVID protocols as uh, he is looking forward, he says, to playing hockey again, returning off the COVID protocol list. However, he has not changed his uh, vaccine uh, status, is currently unvaccinated and now having the virus. Uh, Bertuzzi still not changing his stance. Uh, He calls it natural immunity now. And so Tyler Bertuzzi, Butch, uh, continues to not be able to play in any of the Wings Canadian games. And we did see a Canadian team, Calgary, now have to postpone their last or their next three games, rather, due to COVID-19. We'll talk more about the NBA and uh, some of those teams that are now uh, in COVID-19 protocols. And Butch, with this new variant coming, uh, Omicron, which is really uh, ramping up, it looks like, in England, especially London, uh, you know, this COVID-19, despite a lot of people wanting to wish this pandemic away and not get vaccinated for whatever reason they decide uh, isn't uh, really changing. We're still dealing with it and probably dealing with it for a while. Yeah, I call it Tyler Petuzzi thing. Uh, stupidity at its finest there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The only player in the NHL not vaccinated there. And he's never given a specific reason on why he's not vaccinated there versus the problems that he has occurred throughout the season and the Red Wings are co-signing for it there. Again, I don't know how long this is going to go on, but again, uh, the Red Wings can't take that hit on one player unless he comes out there being great the next whatever games he's allowed to play in without going over the borders of Canada there. He's going to have to show his worth, okay, and 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 quickly again. Wings need wins, and if he's not there in the lineup because of this, that, and the other, or his personal beliefs, there, it's going to be somewhat uh, a job that Steve Eisenman is going to have to uh, look at very seriously. And Butch, another thing, the NHL as a league is going to have to look at very seriously over the next few weeks is the upcoming Winter Olympics in Beijing, which is scheduled to start on February 9th. The NHL has until January 10th to opt out without any penalties. And this is something that, you know, the league and the the commissioner, I know, Gary Bettman, wasn't necessarily thrilled with having NHL players back in the Winter Olympics and with, you know, now Calgary having to shut down due to COVID-19 and then the rapidly spreading variant in Europe. Uh, you know, 
are we going to see NHL players at the Winter Olympics? Uh, I think they might just say the heck with this because if they're having problems in a you know somewhat contained environment, just uh, in their own cities with their vaccinated players, when you go over and you got people worldwide, this could be a big mess for the NHL. Well, the big mess is is that what is thorough. We're seeing players get hooked up with COVID. Basically, they say in a hundred, uh, ninety-nine and nine percent of the, of the players have have been vaccinated there. So I guess the question that I might rise up is: Have they had a booster, or how are they, you know, conducting their business within uh, private and otherwise, where basically uh, you're seeing a lot of this COVID going around there? Okay, I know making money is nice and uh, satisfying everybody. It's very comfortable in certain occasions there. But again, the NHL is not coming out with really what's bothering them. Right. And until they do that and be somewhat transparent in why or why not they don't want the Olympics to be part of uh, the NHL, again, you know, the players are vaccinated and they take the proper protocol, which I I gain that when they go over to play in China there, it's going to be very, very tight as far as quarantining and um, coming in and out of the uh, – the villages and whatever, maybe per se, which is probably more tougher than what the NHL is putting up right now. There, that is um, again, the NHL is a money-making conglomerate, and uh, they're saying in themselves, uh, "What are we getting out of it?" There, that I mean, two weeks shut down is two weeks of income not being made, and. Where you're making income right now, you don't have to interrupt that there. And, again, we don't know what's upcoming in the future when it comes down to covert and some other things as well, even down to the flu, okay? Yeah. That is hitting a lot of people uh, left and right there, okay? So it's hard to whip out there, but I'm, I'm quite sure in in most people's uh, thesis there are looking at the NHL and how they're doing it there. Uh, it's got to be, uh, you know, the finances that's going to uphold this or they turn it down. Maybe they can join the boycott uh, realm, Butch, as the U.S. government, I believe Canada, have boycotted the Olympics. That doesn't mean the athletes won't be there, but the U.S. and Canada and several other countries won't be sending uh, officials and representatives uh, to Beijing, China, due to what they uh, believe are uh, human rights violations. So maybe the NHL can just say, you know what, we're joining the boycott and everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah, exactly. That's easy to deal with, and then we don't have a we're not having a conversation on this because they've already taken a stand. Uh, they have not done that there, and that's what makes this thing so hokey in regards to money. Okay, and that's where I'm putting up in in the NHL's uh, particular uh, feather right now here on why or why not they have not done that. And again, again, covert could be a big part, but again, I think the the conditions when you go to the Olympics is going to be a lot stronger than what the NHL and all the other leagues are putting down at this present right now, There, especially when it comes down to what fan participation is coming about. Now, to my knowledge, at this present time, uh, China is not going to entertain 
a bunch of citizens, and especially at home, to come to these Olympics. They're going to be somewhat quarantined. Detroit Red Wings in action tomorrow night at Little Caesars Arena against the New York Islanders. We'll join that game in progress over on our sister station, 1230 WSOO, right after Suhai basketball as the Blue Devils will take on Gaylord in girls basketball. Butch, we're going to take our final break of the show, but when you and I come back, we still have a lot to talk about, including the Detroit Pistons getting all choked up thinking about them. We'll talk about them next. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs, because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Don Wilson Insurance Agency is big enough to serve and small enough to care. Don Wilson Insurance offers coverage from Fremont Insurance for personal, auto, home, boat, and commercial. Caring about community is just one of the things that sets us apart. We like to think of it as teamwork. When it comes to protecting the things that matter most, we have you covered. Call Don Wilson Insurance today for your free Fremont insurance quote at 906-635-5600. It's the holiday season and Reed Metals in Dafter wants to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Did you know in the Eastern UP, Reed Metals, your honest metal recycling company, is paying the most money for whole scrap cars and trucks? Bring in your scrap metal and items such as scrap vehicles, heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, vehicle batteries, rims and motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals and leave with a check with your name on it. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Reed Metals also offers roll-off dumpsters for both residential and commercial locations. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Again, Reed Metals and Dafter wants to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Skinners of Pickford wants you to know there are no supply chain problems with their products for Christmas. Although the deliveries from Santa might be a little late because he's having entirely too much fun testing the products. Skinner's has all the farm lawn and garden equipment and recreational vehicles you want for Christmas. I want one of these. (laughs) And as always, parts, service, and repairs. (laughs) But best not wait on Santa, okay? Shop yourself. Skinner's of Pickford. Open six days. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 740 on the game, ESPN of 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined for our roundtable by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Just a programming note, we will have a show next Monday night, which is December 20th, uh, 6 to 8 o'clock, right here on ESPN 1400. We will take the Monday between Christmas and New Year's off, so there will be no show on Monday, December 27th, but we will kick off 2022 in style with our first show on Monday, January 3rd. Butch, let's move on 
to the Detroit Pistons. Boy, oh boy, four and twenty-two on the season, uh, losing at home to the Brooklyn Nets last night by the score of one sixteen to one hundred four. Kevin Durant, fifty-one points in that one. Pistons also lost at home a week ago tonight to a team that lost by seventy-three points the week before in Oklahoma City. They had a double-digit lead at New Orleans before losing to the Pelicans. Uh, the Pistons will not play tomorrow. Uh, the Chicago Bulls currently have canceled a couple games due to COVID nineteen. And Butch, uh, I know you got a lot to say about the Pistons I do as well we knew this was going to be a bit of a uh, rebuild or whatever they're branding it but boy four and 22 and just some of the things I'm seeing on the court have not been good your thoughts I don't know uh, again we talked a little bit off off the you know off the radio right. there about the Pistons and I'm I'm just going to share with the uh, the audience what I think is right now is a the Pistons are running a big fat joke here right now. Uh, the the uh, $350,000 that the Tom Gores gave, say, Detroit or whatever it may be, or organization, I tip my hat off to it. But again, the problem is this team that is ugly, okay, to say the least. And that's being very nice about it. The bad part about the situation is the people are paying their good hard-earned dollars, okay, to come and see a product that uh, the coach boasts and brag about that's going to make this team a lot better. Uh, Kate um, Cunningham, you know, he's going to grow, but again, I've said it once, I will say it again, I will say it a million times. You've got to play Your draft has to mean something when you draft kids very, very high. Luka Garza is one of them high-priced teams that would have been picked if the Pistons didn't get them. And I bet you to the bottom dollar he would be playing uh, more period and more time than what he's played with the Pistons right now. How they're treating that young man is totally ridiculous, okay? And for every time I've seen this young man be put on the floor, yes, he makes fouls, but again, he shows his worth by his weight, his size. He don't let teams run over him. Uh, he did it when he played Philly. I was very impressed with him and how he dealt with one of the best centers in the NBA. Uh, it's ridiculous in how the rotation is. Jeremy Grant's gone for six weeks, okay? But Jeremy Grant hasn't showed anything for them six weeks before, okay? He's not been the player that we saw last year, per se, although I, I didn't really rate him that high, okay, you know, in certain occasions he he came through for the Pistons in a singular mode, but again, Jeremy Grant is not one of those takeover players that right now you can depend on X amount of dollars and X amount of points from him, and it hasn't happened. The rotation for the Pistons is a joke, and that's being very mild about it here. I I don't understand what they're trying to do, what they're trying to prove. Uh, but again, they have players that they can play right now that they can find out if they're going to be a difference. I remember way back when, and I'm going to use this as an example. This is back in the 80s. They drafted Isaiah Thomas. Okay? But they had another high draft pick. 
and they drafted this guy named Kelly Tapuka. Yes. To remember him, I okay? do. When that season started, those two young men put the Pistons on the map. Now, they was not the big-time playoff team as of then, but they made things exciting. They used the draft choice that were meant to be uh, top-notch draft choices. They gave those particular players the opportunity that they made things look good for the Pistons. From that point on, the Pistons started building, getting Lambeer and other players from other organizations, along with using their draft with Spider Sally and Dennis Rotman. Yep. You can see progress. You see no progress with what they're doing right now. I think right now they need to get a better ear of a coach. I, I'm not pleased with what this coach is doing. And I still won't be pleased until he can show me a consecutive amount of wins that made him the coach of the year, and then Toronto fired him, okay, <laughs> that same year, okay, only for the Pistons to pick him up, and we haven't been snuffed since. If you're going to tell me that the Griffins and the Roses and the Dinwiddies and some of the other players that we have had under our roof, that's just a small list of what we have had here who went on to other places and do very well. This man has not proven that he can take a bunch of kids and they buy into his system. But you hit on a lot of points that I was going to hit on. I just add a couple things. And you mentioned Dwayne Casey, and you're a lot closer to the situation. Uh, you know, I only listen to the games on here and, and watch some of them. I mean, he just he, he and maybe that's his personality. And, you know, he's not the, the flashiest guy, but he just looks tired and, and at times bored. And it seems like the Pistons at times, uh, many times times this season look bored they look tired they lack the intensity I mean you see some flashes here and there but you know the consistent product I don't care if you got a lot of young players or you know you don't have the roster filled with these big name guys but the effort I think was more their last season than this season without a lot of these big name guys uh, would you agree to that well I agree to that and also agree to the point when you draft a particular player they have certain uh, skills that you admire that is why you draft them there. You have to use those particular skills that that player is very proficient at in order to kind of make your team a lot better. You know, they got to know that maybe a guy will battle you and he can go inside and go outside. He can also shoot better than the average big man. Uh, they're not using those opportunities to make the Pistons a more open and honest team to be felt with and whatnot there. Can you uh, Cunningham, in many cases, has tried to make baskets that was totally stupid, okay? Now, I'm not saying the amount of points that this guy received and, you know, couldn't be commended and whatnot, but we haven't won with it, okay? And it shows that we got uh, Keelan Hayes, okay, who last year was basically unannounced until the later part of the season. Now he's here and he's probably halfway well. I don't see what this guy does for a team to make them anywhere better, okay? I don't see it there. And although I do see there are certain players on the bench, like uh, Frank Jackson, for instance, there, who has made 
uh, huge contributions just coming off the bench, okay? And for them to be somewhat just sat there and rallied, okay, it doesn't make any sense. Lowry bringing as a center. What has he done, okay? Nothing, okay? Yeah. He's not consistent in shooting. He's not consistent in defense, per se, there. Uh, it's it's a big, fat joke. Pistons will not play tomorrow, as we mentioned. Their scheduled game against the Chicago Bulls has been canceled due to the Bulls and COVID-19. Our next Pistons game here on ESPN 1400 will be on Thursday as the Pistons will take on the Indiana Pacers. We'll have that game right here starting at the pregame show at 635. Butch, it's been two weeks, uh, not a lot of Tigers news, obviously with the lockout in a Major League Baseball, but they did get their shortstop just before the lockout as the Tigers signed uh, Javier Baez to a six-year $140 million contract, which was agreed to a couple weeks ago. And now all Major League Baseball teams waiting for the lockout. Tigers got their shortstop. They got a pitcher. I wanted your thoughts on uh, Mr. Baez. Well, the pitcher, um, I'm not really all that keen with. Uh, I looked at his record per se there, and hopefully the Tigers see something that I don't. <clears throat> Javier Baez is a player that's going to have to, was going to up the ante for the Detroit Tigers as far as hype is concerned. And I'm not saying hype as far as just being there, but again, getting players to come out there and put out an honest effort there. Uh, is nobody better than someone on that bench that can get everyone uh, in, in a spirited playing mood there. And hopefully he'll be one of those particular players to stand up front, not only on the bench, but in the locker room where it's needed the most and show, the, show some, uh, some leadership. Besides, uh, Miguel Cabrera being put on, all on this back now, it's time for someone else to come on up and, uh, fend him and some other players as well. As far as uh, some leadership is concerned, uh, especially that pitching staff has to have some work with it. Uh, hopefully what they get in uh, order of uh, uh, draft choices or uh, maybe the, the Rule 5 uh, draft that's upcoming or it has passed, I think, personally there, uh, they could do some good there. And meanwhile, Major League Baseball has a problem. Uh, they're not agreeable with the working contract of the players as well as the management staff there. Major League Baseball feels that they should be making a lot more money. Uh, Major League Baseball players feel that uh, the rights and the rules of the owners right now is a little bit um, too much elaborate. Uh, it needs to be cut to a certain respect. And I think this is going to take a while. We may have Major League Baseball a little bit late this year. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully this can be settled by after the first of the year. Butch, before we go to our thumbs up and thumbs down to close the show, uh, the world of wrestling, want to give our listeners an update. Uh, WWE Raw, of course, tonight, SmackDown on Friday. And I had a good old time watching a little AEW from Long Island uh, this past Wednesday. CM Punk turning a uh, heel, j just giving it to the fans. Uh, MJF, uh, his big rival right now from Long Island. I just thought that shoot he did was fantastic dumping on the Islanders and mentioning the Pistons in Chicago. Uh, that's what I noticed from wrestling this past week. What have you been watching in the wonderful world that is sports entertainment and wrestling? The wonderful world of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you 
You know, the WWE is upping the ante for this particular, uh, the first day or whatever it may be, this new, new <laughs> pile of junk that they're going to bring on the first day of the year. Yeah. Uh, that basically is may or may not disturb a lot of football games here. But, of course, we're going to watch it. Okay? Yes, we will. Absolutely. It there. And I think it's going to, it should be pretty on a Saturday night, even that there. You know, we can still drink our our pleasurable drinks and still be happy and be able to lay in our own beds and on Sunday morning. Uh, this is going to be kind of a record. But, again, with the WWE, per se, there, the ladies' ensemble is really leading the pack with what the WWE is doing. Uh, they're kind of building up uh, slowly but surely. I know uh, Bobby Lashley tonight is going to be uh, putting up some snuff there on why he should be uh, in the championship with Big E and uh, Kevin Owens there. Uh, so they're building this kind of this slow process there. So when they get to the Royal Rumble, Okay, which is uh, one of the biggies here. They hopefully will have something to sell when it comes down to the WrestleMania for, again, this year, two nights in one of the biggest stadiums uh, in the world uh, down in there in Dallas. Looking forward to it indeed. Butch, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start two thumbs down to what I saw last night with the Lions and the Pistons. Uh, Lions certainly had a a lot of uh, injuries and other things. Uh, Just uh, another bad performance. Uh, 1-11-1. They should be better than that. I don't know if they should be now as far as draft position. Uh, Mr. Hutchinson would make a nice fit, certainly as the number one pick, but uh, thumbs down to the Lions and especially the Pistons. I mean, 4-22 and and just no identity. Uh, you know, Losing to Oklahoma City, who lost by 73 points to Memphis, not exactly a NBA juggernaut a few days before that. Uh, they're going to have to do something real quick because fans uh, aren't going to put up with the product that they have put on the court and certainly uh, Dwayne Casey's day should and hopefully will be numbered. No offense to him, but they needed some new blood in in that organization, and they need to turn it around quick, fast, and in a hurry, as you would say, Butch. And a very special thumbs up. Uh, wanted to mention this last week, but we didn't have a show. Thumbs up to my wife, Becky. Becky Nason, who was named the head athletic trainer at Lake Superior State over the past couple weeks. Uh, my wife works with the men's and women's basketball teams, as well as volleyball, cross country, and at track and field. She does a great job, and it's always fun to go to the games uh, to support not just the Lakers, but more importantly, my wife. So way to go, Becky. You earned that promotion, and I am very proud of you. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Yeah, let's give a thumbs up to Becky for all the snow that Scott Nation has shoveled this week up here in Alpha Peninsula. And I got a sore back to prove it, Butch. That's right here. Chiropractic, you don't need them. You got <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I had to do that. I'm sorry. No, no apology needed, Butch. <laughs> well, really and truly here, uh, thumbs down to Detroit Pistons there. They're pathetic right now here. Uh, if I hear one more excuse, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to croak, but I sure am going to really have some nice things to say on Wednesday because they won't be playing anyway on Tuesday. Right. So uh, tune into that show, that edition of Butch on Sports there. That won't be abbreviated, of course. And also, 
I'm not going to give a thumbs down to Detroit Lions due to the fact we know they're going to get their rear end kicked in anyway. And 20% of their team was gone because they were partying on Sunday. And that's probably how everything just blew up. Here. Imagine that. Uh, yeah, so I, I remind all my friends and fans and and people who don't like the show even, please stay safe, okay? Do what you got to do. A mask is a nice thing to have. And if you don't have your shots, get them. And if you don't have your booster, look into how soon you can get it, okay? we This is the holiday season. Christmas has not gotten here. And New Year's especially has not gotten here. And things are very bad, very worse, very ridiculous. Uh, we got to do something about it. And if that's the best way to, to solve this thing, let's all uh, take our... Uh, influence it and get it done well said butch we got about a minute left Butch, you mentioned butch on sports coming up on a wednesday and sunday you give us a little preview with the pistons uh what else is in store for butch on sports this week that's gonna be a crackpot show of course, <laughs> you know. yeah, no. <laughs> really uh truly we haven't done anything with high school sports and how they're relying on things there we know what's going on in um in Oakland County there, the recent uh, unfortunacies up there, Oxford, and again here in Wyandotte, Michigan, as well as just just the other day, Plymouth, Canton, Salem, uh, which I have friends and also cousins going to that particular school. But um, really and truly, it was ridiculous. And uh, let me say this before I get off the air here, okay? I was able to go to the Seattle Krakens game there. And come to find out, the announcer for the Seattle Krakens is a relative. Oh, wow. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> because when uh, I was told about it this past week, uh, about the sides and the and whose godson he is and whatever it may be. And I met the guy here and had a good conversation. I could have more to talk about here, man. But I'm going to have to wait around until I either go to Seattle or do you come back to Detroit, which will be next year, yep. in order to find that, that, that brouhaha. Butch, we got to go. Thanks for joining us uh, this Monday night. We'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game, sir. Be willing to deal with it. Look forward to it indeed. Want to thank Butch Davis along with special guest Chris Dunbar, Commissioner of the GLIAC, and co-host David McKegg Jr. That's going to do it for this Monday night edition of the game. We will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition right here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to the game here on ESPN 1400 WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.